huge game for both teams in terms of playoff seeding and, in fact, playoff eligibility. Here's the kick. Martise Jackson will take it to the far numbers at the 11-yard line. He will follow the numbers to the 20, kick it outside 25-30, find a seam, and get knocked out of bounds at the 35-yard line. And that's where Ricky Ray and the offense will come out onto the field. And one surprising statistic for me in that opening half was time of possession. Because it seemed like it was incredibly one-sided, but it was only 17 minutes to 13 minutes, roughly. Okay. It seemed like Hamilton had the ball for the entire quarter. That is, I mean, four or five minutes is still a big difference. Yes, it is. Absolutely. But, but you're right. It did seem like they had it a lot longer than that. So here's Ricky Ray, 10 out of 12 for a buck five. One touchdown, no picks. They'll put it in play on the left hash mark at the 36. Now they're going to go with a tight end on the near side. And they will go to Wilder, who will run to that side, will be strung out, and will get to the line of scrimmage, and no more. He gets to the 36, and is snowed under. Seven carries, 20 yards for James Wilder. These Ticats, uh, this Ticat defense is determined not to get pushed back. They do a great job of stringing that out. Wilder's looking for the corner. Declan Cross is trying to seal it, can't get it, so he says, all right, let me drive the guy to the sideline. Still not enough because the linebackers for the Ticats, Dean's right there. Guys are in uh, tow. Tracy's stretching it out, and uh, Argos get nothing. Three receivers to the left, two to the near side, including S.J. Green in the slot. He was quiet in the first half. And they're going to go to him down the seam, and they overthrow him, and it's picked off at the 40-yard line. And Green will make the tackle, his first stat of the night, down at the 32-yard line. It will act essentially as a very good punt, but another interception, Ray's first of the night, his eighth of the season. That is not a good first stat for S.J. Green to no. tackle. And, uh, and you're right, he gets inside of the defender that's covering him, and that's uh, Damon Washington. Good pattern by SJ. Problem is, I think there's a little too much air under it, and the free safety, Courtney Stevens, able to come underneath it. And we have a timeout on the play, and I'm not sure why. Is this being reviewed? Oh, Tressman's by got the, the yellow flag, he threw it. Why does he have to? Unless he's looking for interference, interference. downfield. I think he's looking for interference. The play is automatically reviewed on the turnover, whether he wants to say if it was a catch or not on the interception. Look good from up here to the naked eye. And we'll find out from Tom Valesi what the challenge is. Tom, what's up? Toronto is challenging that there was pass interference on Toronto 19. We'll review the play. Which may explain why SJ was nowhere near the football. SJ has not been the go-to guy in either of the last two games from a wide receiver standpoint. We'll take the time while they stick away. Armani Edwards has been the receiver. James Wilder has been the top pass catcher. 14 for the Argos, 21 for the Ticats. We'll take the time out while they review this. It's Argo Football on TSN1050.ca. Former fullback, former special teams captain, and future official Jeff Johnson. What's the call? Future official? I don't know. Well, in two seconds, I'm going to ask you to make the call. It two, was, uh, well, the rule is you can't touch the receiver after five yards, but yep. it is football too, right? So yep. I mean, Washington barely touches SJ as he cuts inside. He touches him a little bit, forcing SJ to slap his hands away. So it does impede him slightly. So if the rule is you keep, if no interference uh, after five yards, then that should be pass interference. Well, we will find out. They are still taking a look at this. Jake Ireland back on Wellington Street in downtown Toronto. This is a close one. At the CFL offices. They've got the nice setup there. The downtown nice Toronto. Couch. Oh, yeah. Bunch of screens. They're always in contact with the TSN production crew asking what the 
what angle he'd like to see. And we're back from commercial, apparently, so now we need to find out from Tom Valesi what the call is. I guess he doesn't know yet. Usually they will let him know over the course of the commercial. So Jake Ireland's taking a long look at this. You're saying Either way, you this don't is like controversy. You, you... Either way, this is controversy because okay. it was so subtle. But he does impede him a little bit. It forces SJ to push his hands down, and it does slow him down. I mean, So naked eye, it's no penalty when the Zapruder yes. film is on it. That's right. Naked and eye, no way. And you look no at way. it super slow-mo, it's pass interference. Yeah. Which is what they are doing back on Wellington Street. So, we'll find out. And what do you think? I mean, I, there is an element that's just football, right? Like, yeah, you've got to let some of those things go. You've got to let hand checking go. you got to get the little it's subtle stuff go. It's a slight hand go. check here. There was no grab of the jersey. Now, that said, I'm like you. I would let it go. When you slow it down in super slow-mo, Tom Valesi, what do you see? After review, we have pass interference. Hamilton number 24. Ball will be placed at the 50-yard line. Automatic first down. This will make no sense, I Ooh. hope, but it may. That's a great call, but a terrible call. Yeah, well, and it, in other words, it's rule. a great call because they interpreted the rule correctly, yes, but yes. it's a the rule terrible is a rule, and, right? Yep. The rule yep. Is a rule, and I mean, do I agree with it? No. It's hard to. I mean, how do you implement that, right? Yep. So now we have uh, neither team with a challenge left, so now we don't have to worry about that for the rest of the game. Argos will get the ball at their own 50 and see if they can take advantage and get some points off this. They trail by seven. First down at the 50, ball on the right hash mark, right back to pass. He's got a man on a quick route. S.J. Green's got a catch. His first of the night down to the 53-yard line. S.J. Green leading the Argonauts with 1,053 yards. Well, give him eight more. S.J. Green line up to the right of Ricky Ray, runs a little slant pattern, settles in the zone. Wilder runs to the flat as he clears, pulls the linebacker with him. Ricky hits S.J. on timing, and S.J. turns up, almost gets a first down, not quite, about eight yards. You know why S.J.'s my favorite receiver? Blue shoes. I know who he is immediately. Baby blue. Because he got all white. Everybody's got the white gloves on. And they're going to go with Fajardo. He sneaks onto the field. They want to run the short yardage, and that did not work. He tried to go off guard, off tackle to the right side, and Michael Dean and Brandon Washington did not move anybody. There was penetration, and they may have even lost a little bit. Last game when Nargos were in short yardage, Fajardo was out there, and he did, you know, kind of, you know, he does his thing back there. He's freewheeling a little bit, and I thought, you know what, eventually it's going to catch up to him. Sure enough. Great play by the Ticat defense because uh, I think that was Washington off the edge. Stepped yep. up, it was, and uh, got Fajardo in the backfield. So they gain about the, the challenge flag gives them about 21 yards of field position, which will tilt the field, certainly, if the Argos can cover this punt. Not deep, taken at the 18-yard line, and Altman will be tackled with a flag down. That's going to be against the Ticats, and they throw Altman out of bounds. Surprise, there's no flag against the Argos either with 12-11 remaining here. The Ticats will come out, and the ball's marked around the 27, but that's uh, that was a hold. Hoagie, talk, talk to you about that play call. What? That's a, that's an unorthodox play call for the Argos. That's second and two. You got James Wilder. Yeah, you got James Wilder. <laughs> you got James Wilder. That's it. The guy's a truck. But they have not. The Oakland Cross. He's they the, you block. Like yep. I get it. Fajardo gets way more than an inch when he's out there for yes. third and short. I don't mind him being back right. there to give them an option. I, but I, I, neither do I, but that's just, I, I wonder if Tressman thought it was closer. I, I, the penalty will move them back I'm to the surprised. 11-yard line. So now the Argos on defense have an opportunity to tilt the field. 
They're in a 40 front. Tycons leading by seven. It's 21-14, 12 minutes left in the third quarter. And they're going to go to Gable up the A-gap across the 15 to the 16. They are doing to the Argonauts what the Argonauts have done to the Alouettes and the Eskimos in the last couple of weeks, and that's get good positive yardage on first down, making it second and manageable. They'll need three and a half here on second down. They are, and uh, C.J. Gable again getting off that ball, playing some good football. I see Marcus Ball back in the box there. That's good. Good to see him back out there. Ticats need four. They've got four to the right, and they're going to go to Gable with a flag down at the line of scrimmage. The play is to Gable, who will get out to the 30-yard line. And what's the call? Did the Argos line up offside? Did the Ticats not have an end? Offside. Hamilton, number 89. Five-yard penalty. Repeat second down. Jalen Saunders is guilty of going offside. That's a big penalty because wow. it creates second and long. Big time. Instead of a Ticat first down, they're going to move it back to the 12, so they'll need eight. They'll need nine on second down. That's a huge error by Saunders. Alden Darby was lined up to the short side. He had two offensive linemen coming at him. He dove, tried to take them both out, missed them both. <laughs> CJ had a big run on that, but uh, doesn't matter. Coming back is the penalty. Darby is not 200 pounds, so that is a mismatch. <laughs> Four receivers to the right. It's like Gable. a little uh, chihuahua out there. Yeah. <laughs> they can bite. Ankle biting. Back to pass Masoli. Here comes some pressure. He feels it. And down he goes, and the ball is out. It's recovered by the Argos at the 11-yard line. I think it was Marcus Ball who fell on it. It was. Marcus Ball makes a huge play, and the Argos have it in the red zone with a chance to tie. Wow. Marcus Ball shakes off that injury earlier, or whatever, the pain that he was in. Gets back out there. Comes off the left edge, gets around the corner, hesitates as the ball snapped, looks at the running back, waits for the, the running back to kind of look the other way, and just waits for that move to come out. And as Justin Tuggle knocks the ball out of Masoli's hands, Marcus Ball pounces on it. Huge, huge, huge play by the Argo defense. First fumble recovery of the year for Ball. Tuggle has a fumble recovery himself. That was against Montreal on a kickoff and went for a touchdown. Argos have it at the 11-yard line. Ray back to pass. He steps up in the pocket. He's got some room to run. Run, Ricky, run to the five, to the one-yard line. Ricky Ray may have the first down with a gain of 10 yards. Who did he make miss in the open field? I think that might have been, uh, oh, my goodness gracious, Carell, Carell Brooks. Former teammate for a bit. Holy moly, Ricky takes the snap. He's looking to his right. Sees Wilder break on the corner, ah, can't find him. As he's running up the middle, it is Brooks. It hits the turf, and Ricky almost dives across at the goal line. What a play by Ricky Ray. They do not give him the first down, so that equals the longest run of the season by Ricky Ray, ladies and gentlemen, at nine <laughs> yards. That's 9.9. His average per rush was 6.2. That just increased. That's Beautiful. only his seventh run of the season. Beautiful. They're going to go into a power eye, then split the backs. Pajardo's up under center, and Pajardo will go off guard and get to the end zone. Touchdown, Toronto. It's 21-20. That's how you do it, Pajardo. See that space? You see this little Offside. opportunity to dive Hamilton, across. number 26. That penalty is declined. Touchdown. Huge, huge play by the uh, Toronto Argonauts. And, I mean, Pajardo on the, on the previous second and two. He does a great job. When he takes a snap, he 
kind of takes a, a rocking step back, and that's to allow the offensive line to get off. He needs to assess the play and where the penetration is or where the, where the soft spot is. And uh, in my opinion, on the previous one where he didn't get the first down or he got nailed at the line of scrimmage, uh, he went a little, he went past the soft spot. On this one, he dove forward right where it was, right in front of him, didn't hesitate, huge Argo touchdown. Here's the conversion attempt from Liram Hyralahu over on the right hash mark. Loves the way this sets up angle-wise for him. And he is perfect. Three for three tonight. And 27 for 26, sorry, 26 for 26 on the season. 21-21. We'll take the timeout. You're listening to Argo Football on the home of the Double Blue. It's TSN1050.ca. Argos and Ticats, nine and a half left here in quarter number three. So that's essentially a defensive touchdown. Yes, sir. Argos have a special teams touchdown on the 92-yard punt return by Jackson. They have an offensive touchdown, essentially. Ricky Ray to Amadi Edwards. So they've kind of run the trifecta here. Yeah, they've got good, well uh, balance. I mean, I think the offense needs to do a little more. They seem to be picking up a little bit in the second half, but this Argo defense getting it done. I mean, that play, Justin Tuggle, what an effort off the edge for the Argos hitting Masoli from behind. Masoli's about to take off, and uh, he gets in there, pops that ball out. Marcus Ball's uh, there, you know, aware, jumps on the fumble, and I mean, uh, there you go, Argos convert. So now see if the defense can dial it up again. Hyralahu with the kick. And it's deep. And it will be DeMar Altman taking it. Drops it at the 10-yard line. It's on the carpet. He picks it up at the 18. And will be tackled back at the 15-yard line. Brian Jones, the receiver and special teams demon, makes the tackle. And the Ticats have terrible field position. They'll mark it inside the 15. Jeez, you know, it doesn't uh, always look athletic when that ball bounces off your chest, kind of like Shinetti did the other night. Uh, you know, I know he's on the sideline in a trench weak. coat. The ball hit him in weak. the chest. But that was the tie cat returner to the similar kind of move. And, you know, uh, if he didn't have that raincoat like from Baby Gap, <laughs> he may have made that catch. Could you buy it any smaller, Matthew? Size medium. Medium. Baby medium, Sme- baby. Medium. They're going to go to the ground game. First down at the 14-yard line. Gable's going to go up the middle, make one miss, and then carry defenders out to the 30. Well, mark it at the 29. That's good for about 15 yards. Uh, some solid blocking for the, by the Ticats. Big Tony Washington created a lot of space for C.J. on that run. Knocking our Argo defenders back, and C.J. does a great job of uh, sifting his way through there and gaining some heavy yards for the Ticats. You know, the saddest thing about the Shinetti non-catch the other night was the fact that he had alligator arms with nobody near him. <laughs> like, how can you have a fear of the middle when you're on the sidelines? They're going to go ground game again, and Gable's going to get hit at the line of scrimmage, and still, when they unpile everything, he's going to gain about four yards. Cleon Lang in on that tackle, getting aggressive inside there. Fighting off two Ticat offensive linemen to make that play. Big Langer. First down at the, sorry, second down. The market at the 33-yard line. Big play for the Argos defense here on this second down and six. You go man or do you go zone? Huh, 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 huh? Or do you just break the house? Zone. I'm going zone. Okay. Trying to confuse Masoli. It's going to be a quick pass. They've got smaller guys up there, and now Marcus Ball is going to drop back 25 yards from the line of scrimmage at safety. Now they've mixed that up, and he's going to come 
They're going to throw long down to the near sideline, and Banks is defended perfectly by Mitchell White. Ticat fans think there may have been pass interference. The officials don't, and they don't have a challenge. Wow. So they can't challenge. That's a great play by Mitchell White. I, it looked like he may have had one hand on Banks, but, I mean. Actually, Banks just, had White's hand. Just a hand sitting on him. And White times it nicely, and it was Argos in man coverage. It was two man. They had two deep, and then they had man everywhere else. And there wasn't much options. I mean, Masoli's essentially counting on his receiver to make the play, and Banks on that one couldn't get it done. He ain't winning a jump ball against Mitchell White, and I'll explain why in a minute. Not a great pump, but it takes a good tie cap bounce. Jackson will take it at the 31-yard line. There will be a no-yards call, which was a no-brainer, although the Ticap fans don't like it. He was only about two or three yards away. We'll take the timeout, and I will tell you why Brandon Banks will never win a jump ball against Mitchell White. When we return, it's 21-21. Argos and Ticat, seven and a half left in the third quarter. You're listening to Argonauts on TSN 1050.ca. Here's why Brandon Banks will never beat Mitchell White in a jump ball. When Mitchell White was in high school back in Livonia, Michigan, he was not only honorable mention quarterback when he played high school ball in Livonia, but he won the high school state championship in high jump (laughs) and was an honorable All-American at Michigan State. Yeah, dude, could, I have not talked to him about what his high jump was. Ups. Um, when Kevin Elliott was here. Brian Byron Parker that used to be here. I think Kevin Elliott had the, where was he from? Which state was he? I think he had the state championship uh, in high school. He jumped 6'11". Oh, that's ridiculous. When he was in high school. Back to pass. Ricky Ray coming to the near side, bumping and bumping, and S.J. Green makes the catch. He was on Abdul Kane and pulled away and made the catch. And SJ's on a bit of a roll with a catch in each one of the last two series. It's across midfield. It's to the Ticat 48. It's a Toronto first down. Jimmy Ralph, Posey, and SJ had a little three-man pattern rolling there. SJ was in the middle, runs a little kind of a slant, vertical corner route and creates some separation, gets open. Ricky with a nice throw. Ball at the 48-yard line. Back to pass is Ray. There's some pressure off the edges. They pick it up, and he dumps it to the near side, but the receiver slipped. He was looking for Wilder, who had slipped out into the flat. I watched that play again. I wrote about this on Argonauts.ca. I watched that play again last week. It was a 40-yarder down the sideline in front of the benches, and it was a thing of beauty. The design of that play where they sent SJ from left across on a crossing route. Yeah. They lined up in an offset eye. They sent Jackson to the line of scrimmage, and he veered right, sprinted hard to the right side, and Wilder bled out, and they had three hoggies in front of him. That was awesome. Beautiful. Back to pass Ray, coming to the near sideline again on the back shoulder route. He was looking for DeVere Posey and didn't get him, and uh, the Argonauts are going to punt the football. Ah, it's too bad. I mean, Ricky was going to his right the entire way there. Uh, Wilder released late on a swing pattern to the open side, and there was nobody out there. There was nobody downfield, but you know what? The play was designed to go to the right. Wilder's release is uh, meant to pull a linebacker out of the box. Learham's in for the punt. Altman back to his own 10. 
Not a great kick because it's outside the inside the numbers, and Altman is going to get hit at the 20 and be taken down by about five different Argonauts. Devere Posey was down there. Onyeka was down there. Who else was down there? Matt Webster was down there. So I don't know who's going to get credit for the tackle, but the Ticats have quite a bit of field in front of them. In a 21-21 tie, six minutes remaining in the third quarter, you're listening to Argo Football on TSN1050.ca. Martise Jackson, Armani Edwards, Cody Fajardo with the touchdowns for the Argonauts. Masoli to Banks, Masoli to Tasker. Those are the two Ticat majors. They have a couple of field goals and a two-point conversion. And just like that, it's 21-21. This is the kind of game I expected this evening, Hope. Yep. Ticats are playing some good football the last couple of weeks. June Jones has done an awesome job yep. turning it around. Honestly, yep. they were not looking good. I mean, they were pretty much as, in, in as deep a hole as I think you can get. Um, so, yeah, wow. You know, to turn 65 guys around that quickly, um, kudos to him because offense looks different, completely different. The defense is playing some good football. They're playing physical. They're playing hungry. Ball at the 23-yard line. Tie game. Argos win. They're in the playoffs, essentially. And it gives them a three-point cushion over Ottawa. Masoli back to pass, throws it out into the flat. He's got a man wide open at the 20-yard line, but the defenders are going to close in quickly and make the tackle on, was that Tasker? Who was that? It was indeed Luke Tasker. And he'll get maybe a yard at second down and long. They just ran a little uh, promo up here with Pigskin Pete, our buddy Dan Black. Dan is playing hurt. He tore his hamstring on his dirt bike the other day. It was a dirt bike accident when he was racing it. Oh, It is... It lives up to his last name. Black it is blue. black. Oh, man. It was the full length a couple of weeks Nasty. ago he showed me the picture. That dude bleeds black and gold. I love Danny. He's a good dude. Three-man rush. Masoli back to pass. Throws to the far sideline. It is complete to the 40-yard line. And a first down for Sanders of the Ticats. Perfect throw by Masoli. Just above the fingertips of a leaping Argonaut defender. Argos in zone covered. Ticat's got two receivers to the right of Masoli. Running back peels out on a swing pattern. So one Ticat receiver goes high, run, one sits in the medium, one you've got low on the swing, oh. and Masoli hits the receiver that's open in the middle between the Argo levels. Terrence Plummer almost got it, was five or ten yards in front of the receiver and still turned around and made the tackle. They're going to go ground game. It is going to be Gable up the middle, and he got smoked, but bounced off the tackle and ends up with five yards. How did Terrence Plummer miss him? Well, Plummer was oh. uh, just shedding a, the blocker first off, which is very difficult to do. you got a huge offensive lineman in uh, Riker Matthews. Plummer gets off it and just drives into the hole. C.J. Gable lowers the boom and bounces off that contact and manages wow. to turn that into another five yards. Injured... Uh, Ticat on the play. Terrence Plummer played his college ball at Central Florida and like was an all-CC player there. Yeah. Was the defensive MVP of the Fiesta Bowl when they got there. His teammate was the game MVP, a quarterback named Blake Bortles, who now plays for Scott Milanovic, who's a quarterback coach, his positional coach with Jacksonville. Jacksonville. So there's kind of this really weird symbiotic relationship where I guess uh, map that you're trying to follow to get there. Well, Plummer plays a, uh, a very aggressive, fast style of football, and uh, he brings it. He, he brought it there. He got off the, the blocker and managed to fill that hole, and CJ just, geez, he gets so low, about, you know, puts that, lowers the boom, and, and spins off the, the, uh, the contact. 
Otherwise, he would have been dead to rights right at the line of scrimmage. Mike Filer is the injured Ticat, and that would be a big loss. I think yeah. Mike Filer has established himself as the best center, if not in the entire Canadian Football League, with, with no disrespect to John Gott. Sure, sure. And, you know, Sean McEwen's not there yet, although he's playing tremendously well for a second-year player. And Filer is up. His player, his teammates were all on a knee next to him. Well, so they know what that means to him. I mean, that's, uh, that's the heart and soul of your O-line, your center. He's calling all the plays. He's identifying the defense which sets the protection for the running back. And uh, having a different center in there changes the chemistry of what's going on with that offense right now. So Landon Rice, as Fyler walks off with a limp, not as bad as I thought it would be, obviously, when he spent that long on the ground. Landon Rice is going to check in and assume he will play the right tackle. Indeed. And we've got Brandon Revenberg, the high draft pick, first rounder a couple of years ago, Canadian out of Grand Valley State. He's going to come in and play center. First snap is a good one. And Mazzoli's under pressure. Bear Woods knocks him down. It's going to be an incomplete pass as Mazzoli may have inadvisedly thrown it in the direction of C.J. Gable, who was uh, covered. So that really broke down for the Ticats. They may be a, a little fortuitous that they did not uh, end up with a bad play here. And Armani Edwards goes back for the punt. Revenberg stepped up and uh, called out some numbers. And then at the snap... He had Bear Woods right on top of him. And rather than block Bear Woods, he kicked out to the defensive tackle. He was expecting the left guard to pinch down on top of Woods, who did not. And uh, Woods ended up coming free, so I think that might have been on Revenberg. Armani Edwards at the 16, near numbers. Stops, comes back to the sideline. A little dipsy-doo at the 20, and he'll get out to the 24-yard line, and that's where the Argonauts will take over with the football and 3.47 remaining in quarter number three. We're tied at 21-21. An Argonaut win means... They will clinch the tiebreaker against every team in the East, which is good news. Beautiful. Which means Montreal's done. As far as the Argos, not Montreal's not done their playoff hopes. Sure. But as far as the Argos are concerned, that's one team they don't have to worry about getting yeah. into the playoffs. It will all but clinch a playoff spot because Hamilton would have to win out. The Argonauts would have to lose out. Yeah. I don't see either one of those happening. First down of their own 24-yard line. Ray. Swings one out, and it is behind the intended receiver, Wilder. That just did not work as the Ticats read that like a book. Second and ten from the 24. Yeah, the Ticats uh, are, are bringing it up front. Their D-line has the Argo uh, front five figured out right now. I mean, it was a running back screen. The guys peeled off, but they still got pressure on Ricky Ray, and Dean was chasing Wilder the entire way, so even if the ball was completed, it, still, it would have been up for a loss. Tight end to the near side is Cross. Back to pass is Ray. Four-man rush. They've got Posey releasing, and he'll be at the 25-yard line, and no more. He'll get maybe a couple of yards and a quick two and out for the Ticat defense. And they're going to get the ball back in fairly good field position as Hyrulahu comes out. It is second and seven. Third and seven. How about Larry Dean? Mike Backer for the Ticats. One-on-one with Posey. Posey in, in lots of lots of space, trying to shake him. Can't shake him. And that he could actually lined up as a tight end. It was Posey, athletic, not Cross. How athletic Dean is. That's, yep. a very, that's your middle linebacker. 70 tackles very heading impressive. into the game. Ticats come after it on almost get it. And Hyrulah, whose best punt of the night, chases Altman back to his 35-yard line. Three men in coverage, and Altman will turn the corner and 
he absolutely ran over an Argonaut defender. <laughs> Big collision. Alex Charette, welcome to the <laughs> CFL, buddy. Alex Charette, the receiver who was once the Guelph Griffins MVP as a receiver. Yes. Which is difficult to do. He's been playing special teams, and he just got trucked. He ate a shoulder. <laughs> ate it. Altman just dropped his shoulder. That's tough to do. Like, Charette's a big dude. He's a solid 200. I think he still gets a tackle, though. Still got the tackle. <laughs> I think he's still got the notch in the old that's, that's, that's a tough stat, dude. That's a tough stat. How'd that shoulder feel? Ah, I got the tackle. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. ST1. Check. Keep your chest up. It's my tackle. Ball at the 42-yard line. Back to pass. Zoning in on the receiver on the near side. A tackle is missed, and Tasker's going to take it across the 50 to the 48-yard line. He was wide open. He was targeted all the way. Masoli was locked on him, and that still turns into a big game because of a missed tackle. Big, big mistake by Mitchell White. Tasker has time to watch this ball come from a long ways away. From the far hash, Tasker standing out opposite side of the field, catches the ball. Mitchell White tries to deliver a big hit rather than just make a good tackle in the open field and Tasker turned that into a big game. Head in front, form tackle. Yeah, that's a mistake. Oh, here's a big hole for C.J. Gable. He goes off tackle to the left side. He's to the 30, he's to the 20, he's to the 10, and he's knocked out of the three-yard line. They'll give him the one-yard line. That's a 48-yard run. Oh, do you ever play with a slingshot when you were a kid? Uh, no. Slingshot? I know what it is. You know, you kind of just pull it back. Yep. And you let go and snap. That's what C.J. Gable looked like there. Masoli takes the handoff. The right guard, Bombin, pulls out and looks for somebody to block. He, essentially, oh. there's nobody there, and Gable just takes the handoff and, like a rocket, cuts off to the left between the left guard and tackle. There's a huge gap. He could have driven a car through it. Landon Rice had flipped over. He was actually lined up as a tight end on the near side. He'll do that again. And... Filer is back in at center. Snap is good. They give it to Gable, who finds the end zone. Right up the A-gap, and the Ticats have reclaimed the lead. Bogey, what a run on that uh, that run by C.J. Gable. Took advantage of the opportunity. He basically had the track there because he sees a, a space open up, and he just took off. Great job by Jermaine Gable to run him down, push him out of bounds, give the Argo defense a second chance. Ticats go right back to their tailback, who's having a great night. And uh, he gets behind the boys in black and gold, and, he, and they drive right up the middle and gets them across the line. So Sergio Castillo will come out, the former bomber. Ironically, he's the guy that took Liram Hyralahu's job in Winnipeg. And he'll put this one up. Kind of chunked it, but it still goes through. And it's 28-21 with a buck seven remaining in the third quarter. And now the tie, uh, the Argos have to counter punch once again. The Argos have some work to do because when you know when the Tie Cats can get some momentum going on the running game, it does a lot for the whole team. Because in order to do that, your guys are playing physical. So they're getting off the ball. Argos, I think, uh, had a defensive breakdown on that run by C.J. Gable because there's no way there should have been a hole that big. Kind of looked like uh, the holes Wilder has been getting the last couple of weeks. As the Thai Cats uh, give one back to Toronto, C.J. takes advantage of it, shows great speed. That's the thing. The guy's he's, he's very dynamic. He's explosive, yet he's also got some 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 jets. And um, yeah. They're riding him right now. Four lead changes tonight in that kind of game. 28-21 right now for the Ticats. 
entertaining tilt. No is it kidding. just me, or does it look like there's more people in here? Was it a late-arriving crowd? Well, you know what? When we were talking about the uh, the crowd, it looked a little bit sparse. There were a lot of people in the concession area drinking ah, beers. That never happens at a Ticat game. Jackson at the 12-yard line. Far numbers, 20, 25, 30. Cuts back to the middle, 35. Bounces off one, bounces off a second, but not the third, and he'll be brought down at the 34-yard line. Argos will uh, take over with less than a minute now remaining in quarter number three, down by seven. See, the Ticats have these cool areas down in the two end zones where they get uh, people yep. hanging out yep. and, you know, kind of mixing and mingling, enjoying the football game, and in the concession area, and they're, you can grab a beer and just kind of shoot the breeze a little bit, right? So, and and I think a lot of people were kind of standing up doing that for a while. Now they're sitting down. The one here to uh, the east side is all blue. The Argo faithful have taken that over because there is a beer stand there. And they're going to go to the ground game. They're trying to get Wilder established. He'll go behind Tyler Holmes and Will Campbell and get maybe four, three yards they'll give him out to the 37-yard line, second and seven. Yeah, the, the gaps, the holes up front are just not like they were the last couple of weeks. This Ticat defensive front four are playing very, very sound, very physical, not getting pushed around and not allowing Wilder to find those big holes. Second down and seven. Ray looks to his right. He sees three receivers. He's got Wilder standing to his right as well. Ray will drop back. He'll throw. He's got a man. It's Jimmy Ralph is going to be tackled shy of the first down. He had Ralph. It looked like he was going to be able to turn and head up field, but he's a full two yards shy. They're going to think about it and then think correctly and send out the punt unit. Now, we saw the middle of the Ticat defensive line evaporate on a punt from this part of the football field earlier. Well, right now the Ticats brought their entire punt return unit in. So this is an opportunity for the Argos to run a fake possibly. It's third and short. And uh, depending on what they've been doing, this is where I would be looking all day 100% for an opportunity to run if, 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 if the look is there. Cam McDaniel and Declan Cross are the middle up backs, but the snap does go to Hyralahu who kicks it toward the sideline, gets a good bounce. It'll go out of bounds inside the 40. They'll mark it at the 36-yard line, and that's where the Ticats will take over. On the final play of quarter number three, it's 28-21 Hamilton. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050.ca.